What's up, guys? Red light is on, Dave Van Auken, and I'm joined by two of my absolute favorite people, especially in the MMA space. Uh, let's stick to the left, ladies first, of course, Ben and Banana, L. Dawson. L. how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Doing good, doing good. And then more to my uh, right, 14, 15, 16, doesn't matter, a uh, highly ranked UFC lightweight. Big year 2023 sets up a bigger year in 2024. Grant, Grant Dawson, how are you? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on again. Of course, brother, of course. Uh, so, yeah, literally just wanted to chat it up. A huge week, right? Uh, UFC 284 is here. Um, you know, we had a little bit of a break. Had a big show in Brazil. And now, last weekend with the Bellator and Fedor really had a lot. Uh, our friends fought in the PFL. It seemed like the UFC had a little bit off week, even though they're there. But now we're here, UFC 284. I don't remember, guys. I'm a huge UFC guy, 15 years in it. Do you ever remember a fight, number one versus number two, pound for pound in the world? I feel like this is the the best matchup the UFC has ever maybe put on. Is that an overstatement? What do you guys think about that? Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> no, we, were, we uh, I was actually just talking about this with Dan Lambert the other day. I don't think there's ever been number one, pound for pound versus number two, pound for yeah. pound. Because yeah. John Jones... And Jose Aldo were like at the top of the, the pound for pound list for so long. And they're so far in weight classes. There's no way they'd ever fight each other. Right. So, and, and I'm, I'm a little disappointed in the UFC. I feel like they aren't promoting this fight. Like this is one of the biggest fights uh, of the, obviously of the year, it's the beginning of the year, but like even last year, it's one of the biggest fights of last year. And I yeah. think that they're not giving it the promotion that it needs. I wanted to let you say that because you literally just said that to me yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, no. it's been like that over, universally. It's been like, hey, guys, what are we doing? Uh, you know, I know it's not the week and we're finally here and it's starting to pick up a little bit. But still, it just seems under under promoted or just undervalued. I, 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 I It's really weird to I don't know why. Right. Like I I've seen a lot of Volkanovski stuff. I think we're seeing it's less on Makhlchev and and. Uh, and Grant, I don't know how you feel about this. Like a lot of people say your job is to just win fights, right? They always say the fighter's job is to win fights. But then, of course, there is a side to it, right? And we've talked about this off air about promoting yourself and being out there more and promoting, of course, the fight. And someone like Conor McGregor does that immensely, right? He he does that way more than actually fight it. And then that's why some people get he gets polarizing. But is it uh, Islam Makhlchev's fault, or do you think it's 100% the UFC's fault of not pushing it and throwing this up more? Uh, I, I feel like it's it's the UFC's fault. I, okay. I, I feel like they've gotten to the point where they're like, we don't need to promote fights anymore because we have such a, a hardcore fan base right now that they're going to know what it is. I'm sure the UFC will sell sell out you know i'm sure they'll do fine with with this fight even with the little promotion so if you don't have to spend the money i think their mindset is don't spend the money i also think like dana has you know he has his uh finger in a lot of different pots right now like he's got power slap going on and you see him promoting the crap out of that and i think he's yeah. his mindset like he said is probably like this is something that needs to be built and i've already built this this is good it can stand on its own and i i'm i still think it's it's almost I don't know. I feel like it's almost disrespectful to the event because it is such a great event. And right. like we see more heavier promotion for cards that like Nate Diaz is co-main eventing than we do for something this big in combat sports. And, and that's where I, 
I feel there's a disconnect, right? There's something off with it. And I don't know if it's like you said, it, it could be the UFC could be like, Hey guys, we did pound for pound one versus pound for pound two. We did it. Like, we're just going to sell almost the, the more of the sport of it and not talk about Islam's back history and family and his winning streak or same thing with Alexander Volkanovsky. And I don't know if it's the UFC or I don't know if it's like I said, I do feel I've been seeing Volkanovsky and I've been seeing him over the last, especially the last five days, start to pick it up on ESPN and, and other networks and him pushing the fight. And he's, he seems uber confident and we'll get into that in a second because I'm leaning a little bit that way. And uh, I was told I'm a, a complete, uh, absolutely off my rocker on that, but we'll get into that. But I do feel like we're not hearing really anything from Makhlchev's side. Like it's almost peep quiet. Uh, I literally watched the countdown late last night after the kids went down and it just seemed it was mainly on Volkanovski. Like we're it, like Makhlchev is the champion and he's the one defending his championship. And it's just hard to uh, get any kind of feedback from him. That's, you know, from afar. Yeah, I agree. I think that is super odd. Like I understand that it's Volkanovski's like home, home country. Right, it's his right. home turf, but I, I think that he is definitely like more of a fan favorite. And so it's probably easier to promote him. Islam tends to be a little bit quieter. Like he's not super loud on social media as is. And so I, I can, I can see where that's coming from, but I, I agree like that. I think that's on the UFC to go like, sure. go film, do film on his camp, like interview his, his teammates and his coaches and, and do that. I don't know. I wonder if maybe He's trying to stay quieter. Maybe there's been like some disconnect because of like Khabib not coaching him this time. I'm, I'm honestly not sure, but yeah. yeah, I agree. I think it's a little odd. Um, all right. So I, I do want to get into the fight, the brass tactic, uh, brass, brass tactics of it. There we go. Uh, pretty good at this. Uh, I also definitely want to get in the co-main event. So we're, we're talking about how much the main event is getting undervalued. I think the co-main has not even been talked about Josh Emmett and Yair Rodriguez. I know some people are maybe not uh, thrilled that it's for the interim featherweight championship, regardless for what it's for. It's a great fight. Really two deserving guys, two guys that's been in their division for a long time. I really want to give that some limelight. Then I do want to tip a little bit on the game bread boxing. They, uh, you know, yesterday took a, a lot of buzz from even this UFC week from yesterday. And then maybe there at the very end, uh, there's this guy from Ireland who's going to be on tough against Michael Chandler that maybe we'll just dive in just a little bit. But all right, UFC 284. Yair Rodriguez, Josh Emmett, talk to me about this fight. Two guys, two studs in the featherweight division. I think two deserving guys to fight for a big prize. One first question uh, for both of you. Do you like that it's for the interim featherweight championship? And two is, who do you, like two and three, who do you have winning the fight? And what's the best? option for Volkanovski who is the toughest opponent for Volkanovski maybe late summer early fall um I like that it's for the interim belt okay I, I think right. that it's been a while since we've had a contender in featherweight that isn't Max Holloway True. like a real contender and I I like that they're giving opportunities to some of these guys who have been beating the highest level in that division so I'm, I'm excited to see Volkanovski fight somebody else yeah, yeah. for the feather, featherweight belt after after this weekend. And also, like, he has been preparing for this super fight as well. I, like, I hate to see divisions at, like, a standstill. Yeah, like, yeah. I hate when that happens. Like, I want to see these young prospects getting their shots and, like, seeing the division advance. So I love that. Um, I have no idea who I think is going to win this fight. Okay. 
I, they're both super, I don't even know if I'm like, I've been back and forth on the over and the under because you get yeah. you have two incredibly dangerous strikers. Um, I, I will say this, we were watching um, the uh, Embedded the other night with Josh Emmett and he looks incredible. Like Agreed. Agreed. he looks phenomenal. He's in fantastic shape. He is so fast. And so I think right now I'm leaning Josh Emmett, okay. but man, I, it's going to be one of the best fights <laughs> yeah. uh, like in featherweight history. Yeah, I, it's, that's I agree. Be Before you go, fast. Grant, like I, I think both guys are probably underrated in their skills. Both guys have had a great three, four year run. And I thought about it. Their last wins are kind of a little strange. Remember, Yair beat Ortega due to like the injury of the shoulder. And remember, last Josh Emmett's last fight was that main event versus Calvin Cater, who Calvin Cater is one of the toughest son of a bitches in the UFC. And a lot of people thought it was super close. So regardless of who you thought won, it was a, it was a super close fight. But it felt like Emmett won. And then what what happens when that is the fans are like, oh, Emmett won. That means Calvin. Like they started like you know kind of backing Calvin a little bit. So I feel like both of their last performances maybe wasn't, uh, I don't want to say their best performances, just from the fan side, just probably didn't get sometimes the buzz you want from Chamaya beating Gilbert Burns. It's like, boom, there's the buzz. There we go. We're pushing it. And that's why I think a lot of people are kind of maybe overlooking this fight. Just my two cents. Yeah, I that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Like they're not, it, it's, there's asterisks. And so then, El, who do you have at a, at a, to face Volkanovski in the future, Yair or Emmett? Who do you think has the best chance of beating Volk or any? I I think I do think Volkanovski beats both of them. Okay. I, I do. Great. I think Great. I, I, I think they're Volk has it's been a long time. This is we'll get into this later, but this is part of the reason I think you're nuts is it's been a long time since Volk has fought a, a high level wrestler. Right. And like both of those guys fit fit styles that Volk matches up well against. They are definitely more dangerous than Max Holloway, which I think is interesting. Like there is that danger factor. Yair had a super close fight with Max and he had yeah. some moments where he really hurt Max. And but then Josh Emmett is, I think, more different than anybody that Volk has fought in recent in in recent months, you know, recent years. Like he's he's built more similarly to him. He he can wrestle some. It's not like his go-to. Like he's obviously a striker, but he can wrestle. And right. he's also and he's ridiculously powerful and fast. And I think he might be able to match that in and out speed that Volk is so good at. And so like I I would probably say Josh Emmett might be a tougher matchup style-wise, but I, I do think Volk gets it done in both of those. Okay. Grant? Uh, to go back to your first question, I, I don't like that this is a an interim title fight. Um, okay. I don't know if this was the first interim title fight or if it was just the first one that I remember, but the first interim title fight that I remember was between – uh, Uriah Faber and Henan Barrow because there was a question if Dominic Cruz was going to come back mm -hmm. and defend. He was on tough. He got hurt. He pulled out. Right. Uh, right. Henan Barrow stepped in to win the interim title. That's the first interim title I remember. I feel like an interim title is we don't know if this guy's coming back. We don't know when this guy is coming back. And there's a possibility that he may never come back. So let's not hold this up. Let's put a stamp on who gets the first title shot when he comes back. Right. Uh, Volkanovski's fighting on the same card. Yeah. And it's not like he's a huge, you know, uh, 55 or, or I'm sorry, a huge featherweight and, and he's going up because he can't make 45 anymore. 
whether he wins or loses, he's coming back down to 145. So, so right. it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, in regards to how I see these fights going is I think that uh, Yair is a very bad matchup for Josh Emmett because of the distancing and Josh Emmett's refusal to wrestle. I do think that uh, Yair doesn't stand a chance against Volkanovski because of the wrestling, and I actually think that Josh Emmett could beat uh, Volkanovski. I think that his wrestling is good enough to keep from getting taken down, and his power is ridiculous. And Volkanovski runs into things, you know? He's a very aggressive fighter. He likes to faint a lot, but he comes in hard. And when you come in hard on a guy like Josh Emmett, you're, you're playing a 50-50 game there because he's so powerful. Doesn't get tired. He sets really good traps. Um, I see Yair winning this fight because of the movement and because of uh, staying out of his way and Josh Emmett just being like, no, I'm not going to wrestle. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock you out. I'm going to knock you out. And then doesn't get the knockout. Now, if he does get the knockout, I could see Josh Emmett becoming the new champ. And the biggest thing is, and this is, you know, very uh, circumstantial, but the biggest thing is when you have a guy like Volkanovski that is, he's beating these guys off of uh, mystique right now. Now he's, he's the best in the world for sure, but he's got so much mystique behind him. People lose before they go in there. So if he beats Islam, that mystique goes through the roof. Yeah. When yeah. I believe he loses to Islam, I think a lot of people are going to be like, okay, this dude is beatable. This guy, this guy's a human. Like he can lose. We can beat him. You know, and I think that goes right into a guy like Josh Emmett because Josh is such a mental monster. Dude, great point. Great. Uh, unbelievable points. I agree immensely with the Yair points, right? To me, uh, you know, no disrespect, but I think Yair is Max Holloway light. We saw them fight. We saw them kind of do their thing. And he just wasn't as good as Max. And, of course, you see Max fight Volkanovski for 45 minutes. So, like, I think we've seen that, and I don't think – so I agree. I Like, I'm kind of leaning Yair to beat Josh as well, too. But then I don't like Yair versus Volk. And I love your point. This is so good. Imagine if Josh Emmett does catch Yair, knocks him out. And then, you know, he literally just waits there because, you know, he's thinking he's going to fight Volkanowski. And then Volkanowski kind of pulls what Oliveira just did with Makhlchev, kind of gets beat, kind of gets beat quickly in seven minutes. And the mystique is gone a little bit. And let's just be honest. Josh Emmett, for one, has got the pop. And two, like he is this dark horse, really good wrestler, but doesn't do it anymore. And if he sees Makhlchev just, you know, wrestle, you know, I don't want to use the word F, but wrestle F uh, Volkanovski, maybe Josh Emmett be like, okay, guys, for this one, I am going to wrestle. Like I want to win the championship. Looks like he's a great family guy. He's always with his wife. Maybe he's like, hey, I'm oh, – me, what? No, sorry, my dog. My dog. Oh. <laughs> I thought – no, I, I was like, Dave, Dave, don't say that or something. Like, <laughs> maybe, bad, he, maybe he's not a good family man. I don't know. <laughs> um, I just think Josh Emmett can have the uh, the blueprint how to beat Volkanovski. Um, all right. So there we go. We, I think we did gave the Cole main event some good service. Main event. Um, so I, let's just rip this Band-Aid off. I'm leaning Volkanovski. It's, 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 it's home turf. All the momentum. Um, so many different things. L, you told me on the phone how crazy I am, and a lot of it made absolutely perfect sense. So I'm gonna let you kind of run with it and make me look like a fool. So why is Islam Makhlchev gonna absolutely destroy Volkanovski? Obviously, anything can happen in this sport. However, we're looking like 
just like I mentioned earlier, it's been a long time since Volkanovski has fought a good wrestler. And Chad, Chad Mendes was the last one, and he took Volkanovski down. Islam is a significantly better wrestler, and he is significantly bigger. And I, I think that I think that the size is going to play the hugest, the, the biggest factor. But on top of that, too, I hear a lot of people saying what you're saying, Dave, where it's like, oh, like he's going to be in his head. It's his home country. If it was anybody else, right, right, I might take that at a little bit higher stock. But this is Islam Makashev, yeah. and like, I we talked about this. Like Grant loves this story. He's the one that told me this. Um, Khabib's dad took that group up into the mountains and they just lived in the woods and trained like these guys have been competing at the highest level they were taught extreme extreme mental toughness from a very young age i don't think that shakes a guy like islam makashev i don't think khabib defended his belt right after his dad died like right. i i don't think that i don't think it shakes guys like that I, I think that he's going to come in and do exactly what he does, whether Khabib is in his corner, whether he's fighting in Abu Dhabi or Australia. I, I just don't think it matters. Yeah, uh, some really I, good points. I think Everyone another has. big thing, too, that a lot of people are really looking at is that Volkanovski isn't a huge finisher. He's not finishing the guys at 45. Right. And let's be honest, uh, Islam Makashev is a 70-pounder that somehow lies to the scale and makes weight at, at 155. It's humongous. Uh, yeah. he, he couldn't finish Max Holloway, which nobody has like at that level. Yeah, Whatever. Yeah. Uh, he, he couldn't finish Brian Ortega, even though I do kind of think that that should be stopped. I think his biggest finish would be um, uh, the Korean Zombie was, was his biggest finish, who's like 100 years old. <laughs> And if you and put MMA, yeah, if you put MMA damage in there, <laughs> right, it's too much. Right. So yeah. I feel like to beat Islam, you got to have a guy that is a better wrestler in better shape, or you got to have a guy that has ridiculous stopping powers with with something, with whether it's submissions like Charles Oliveira or it's uh, ridiculous punching power. And I just I don't see that with Volkanovski. I think right. he's he's a grinder that strikes. And I just don't see anybody out grinding uh, Islam Makashev right now, especially somebody that is as uh, already is giving up a size advantage, being somebody that made uh, makes 145 regularly. And right. I, I hate that people are like, "Oh, he used to play rugby and and he weighed 200." Like, who cares? He doesn't anymore. Who, right, right, right. I used to wrestle at 119. Does that mean that I'm not gonna have it? Like, like. This right, is the right. now, people. Right. Like, quit living in the past. Right. Uh, I love this question. I've kind of had, I've on the, you know, literally <sighs> a couple of days now. I know both of you guys. Oh, this the is mainly for Greg, too. So. Gonna let him out real quick. And then, <laughs> sorry. It's all good. All good. Uh, I'll waste some time here. Oh, actually, you know what people should do during this time? They should go to the MMAshark.com. Make sure you subscribe to the MMA Shark. There you go, MMAshark.com. All right, so here's my great question for Grant. So I know both of you guys watch everything, right? Every Saturday night, we even talk and text through it. I know you guys love watching all fights. UFC, Bellator, shout out to Johnny Eblen right now, one of the greatest middleweights alive. No, 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 no. The greatest middleweight. He is the best in the world. I love that. I love that. Uh, maybe, hey, that's a, I want to have that debate with you. That's such a good one, too. I love that. My, my question to you is how much extra – 
sauce does this give you, Grant? I, you literally told me last month on this show, you're like, Dave, I'm his replacement. Like, I'm the guy to beat him. 18 months from now, 12 months, 20 months, somewhere in that range, right? This is a very, very big year for you personally. How much extra juice is it to see him in a big match, a big title fight to see what Volkanovski does? Maybe the his jab works. You're like, whoa, I didn't think I really never saw a jab work against Volkan uh, to Islam. I'm going to take this. Or is it all wrestling? How much extra juice does this fight do to you personally? This this is great. Anytime that I can get more film on Islam Makhachev. And see, here, here's the thing is I'm not looking for somebody to beat Islam. I'm not right. looking for somebody to show me a, a hole in his game. I just want somebody to show me what he does in certain positions. What does he do when he fights somebody that doesn't mentally lose to him already? I feel like my teammate, uh, Tiago Moises, he fought him, had a really good fight against him. And we've seen in that fight that if you keep your composure and you go in and don't get crazy, Tiago got takedowns. Tiago got position. And then Tiago made a couple of little mistakes, which he is absolutely fixed now. I've seen, I don't, I don't want to say holes. I just want to say that I've seen what happens with his tendencies when he gets put in those positions. So when you have somebody like Volkanovski, who I know is going to go into this fight 100% mentally ready, he's not going in knowing he's already lost. He's not going in thinking he believes he's going to win this fight, and that's where we can get so much valuable information from this matchup. Another nice thing is it's I'm sure that Islam Makhachev doesn't even know what my name is, right? So when we do eventually fight someday, he's got, let's say, eight weeks to get ready for me, where I've been getting ready for him my entire life. Yeah. Cutting that up. Clip that. Clip that. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, bookmark that. Um, Speaking of which, I by think the way, Dave, if people would like more grant insight on Islam, you can watch us watch the fights on Millions this weekend. There you go. I like that. There you go. Millions.co. Also, you ready for this one? If you want to go to Millions and get like a really cool t-shirt, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Let's, Let's go. go. Just got it ready. Right. Just in go. case. This uh, yeah, it's, it's, I got a little shelf here. So love it. Got all these... Um, you know what else it has on this shelf, Miss L. Dawson? It has Game Bread Boxing 3 uh, media passes. That that was the first event you kind of did for Fight Fanatics. You were there just this past weekend for PFL, by the way, in Orlando. Uh, how cool was it that Game Bread Boxing 3 we were there? We were covering I was doing commentary on it. And then all of a sudden yesterday, Jorge Masvidal just like breaks the internet. Roy Jones Jr., Anthony Pettis, uh, Vitor Belfort, Jacare. Jose Aldo boxing Jeremy Stevens. That's such a cool matchup. There's a lot more too. Pearl, there might be another matchup with a uh, a friend, a coach of yours at American Top Team in the near future. But uh, just what's your first take when you're hearing all this uh, crazy things about from Gay Bread Boxing uh, Forum? And also one thing I heard, and I don't know if you agree with it, and I would love your take on it, is that I heard that a lot of people like it. Some people don't. And they said it's like combat entertainment of combat sports and a lot of people felt disrespected on it and i'm the opposite and you know how i feel about i would i think more anytime more fighters get money i'm happy like the more times they can get another paycheck i'm happy and all these guys are getting another paycheck and a big one i'm hearing so i think this is a good thing for all combat sports I, I think that is a little bit of a, of a low blow thing to say, especially because I think people are comparing it to the Jake Paul cards, which right, I don't right think he is, he is no longer combat entertainment. He was, and I think he is now a combat athlete. 
he's shown that he's progressed and he's able to compete. However, like, I think they're looking at the YouTubers that are fighting each other. And I don't remember fame. It was like all these like European celebrities and they were absolutely terrible. There's like a girl that got really famous on it and she's like the worst fighter I've ever seen in my life. So I understand seeing shows like that and then people looking at this and it's like, oh, it's all these retired, washed up guys, but it's not. Like Jose Aldo's was still competing at the very highest level of the UFC up until he retired off of a loss to one of the best guys in the division. And a lot of people thought, I know Marab like, like held him against the cage a lot, but like, it wasn't like a like a no. car wash Jose Aldo like and a lot of people think Marab is going to be a future UFC bantamweight championship. I I'm huge on Jose Aldo like he grew so much on me especially the second way, you know, like he kind of moved down you were like no, I don't know if this is going to work and he looked phenomenal for two right. years. It's the king of Rio. It's Jose Aldo. And but Jeremy Stevens is literally like, fighting in the PFL like last year like that's going to be a great boxing match. It really is. Yeah, no, I, I'm all for seeing that. Like, I think the same, like, Jeremy Stevens just got old, you know, like, in MMA years and in general, like, it'll still be fun. I still think it ends similarly to how their last fight ended. But, like, that will still be a, a great fight. Like, you still have high-level guys on that show. You also have, like, the Vitor Belforts, but they're so iconic. Yeah. And, like, they're just, they're just so iconic that it's not like it, I don't think it's the same as comparing it to two untrained athletes fighting yeah, each other. Yeah. You know? And, and let's just be honest, they they're past their prime. They can't fight at the highest level in the UFC or PFL or Bellator, but they still, you know, they want to lace them up or they still think they they have a little bit more to give. Or of course, let's just be honest too, they still want a paycheck from all the hard work that they did put in. And Vitor Belfort, and I'm just throwing out one name, or Jacare Souza, on their climb up, the pay is a lot different 8, 12, 14 years ago to it is now. So it's just, you know, maybe these guys are not, you know, getting the pay that, you know, some guys right now is. Maybe the co-main event, Yair Rodriguez is maybe making more money than Jacare Souza ever did. You know, I'm not throwing that out exactly, but the pay has been, uh, you know, ascendant over the last five, seven, ten years, of course. I think it's a great thing that these guys are all getting another paycheck. This is great. I, I'm excited. It's in Milwaukee. That's going to be fun. I think, too, another thing that, like, a lot of people don't look into it is they can compete with no expectations. Like, yeah. we, we don't care who wins. We, we want to tune in just to see these legends that we grew up watching fight compete again. And they get to compete. They get to make money. But, but like, if, if Jeremy Stevens beats Jose Aldo – in this boxing match when they're both does it do you care do i care does it does it hurt jose aldo's mma legacy at all the answer is no like they get to make more money they get to compete because that's what we all love to do is compete uh and and it's a way for them to kind of give up mma without having to fight these studs these young guns that they're not necessarily like these young guys aren't necessarily better than them they just have better bodies than if that makes any kind of sense. Yeah. 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 Or Ronaldo so, is the perfect yeah. example of that. Yeah. So I, I I love it. I think this is great for for all of these guys. Awesome. Uh, very fun. I'm gonna put you right in the spot. I usually don't do this. A fun question just popped in my head to both of you guys. What matchup in that same genre, Pettis and uh, Roy Jones Jr., Vitor and Jacare, you know, guys of that nature, Jeremy Stevens versus Aldo. 
Name me, throw out another matchup that you would be like, oh, this would be awesome. So Game Bread Boxing 5, you're matchmaking it. You guys on the outskirts or two guys that maybe just retired or still, you know, doing work. And Pettis was in the co, you know, the co-finals for the PFL uh, last year. I, I think one one matchup they kind of really dropped the ball on is, is Pettis versus Aldo. They uh, they oh, were going to fight, fun. they that's were going fun. to fight uh, for I believe the 145 pound belt. I I don't quote me on that. They were going to fight after Anthony Pettis won the 55 pound belt. So he could have been the the first double champion, uh, or it was going to be they they were set to fight and then yeah. uh, Anthony got hurt and 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 had to pull out of that that bout. So. It, it's or maybe maybe Aldo. I think Aldo was going up and he backed out, and that's when Anthony fought uh, fought Gilbert. But uh, it doesn't like I think that they have a story. They have not beef, but they have a background. They have right. the promotion already cut. I think they they kind of dropped the ball on having a, a big matchup like that, and it makes a little bit more sense to me. I, I don't really get Roy Jones Jr. and Anthony Pettis. That was just kind of out of the blue. Um, I think seeing. Jose Aldo versus Anthony Pettis, that would have been like, a, oh, shoot. Like, they, they they finally got it. Good for them. I got one. I just thought of the top of my head. And then, L, you do next. You ready? How about Tiago Alves versus GSP in a boxing match? Ooh, that would be awesome. That would be pretty cool. I they fought in the UFC, you know, just for fun. And Insane we haven't seen GSP like in a history. long time. Yeah, that would be a good one. Get Tiago a check. I'm, I'm taking Tiago Alves. Oh, yeah. That. Oh, I agree. Dude. The pit for sure. The boxing? Yes. Yeah. 100%. Have him kickbox. Ooh. Even better. Savagery. That would be. Now, how about you? Throw me throw I, me one. After seeing Anderson Silva, like, back back in, like, just boxing, I would just, honestly, him versus any of those older guys, like, I, like him and Pettis, or, like, I would love to see that. I'm trying to think of a middle light heavyweight. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, I think um, what I don't remember what he boxed Paul at, but I think it was in that 190, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, that might be a little heavy then. I'm trying to think who. I'll give you one. Uh, Anthony, or not, I'm sorry, Anderson. Anderson Silva versus Yoel Romero. Ooh. Oh, my God. That's so good. Those, that's good. I feel like those were two yes. guys, which is crazy because yes. I'm pretty that's sure good. that when Yoel was in his prime, Anderson Silva was leaving his prime, but Yoel was older than Anderson somehow. <laughs> Yoel, uh, and, Yoel Romero is still in his prime. <laughs> Yoel Romero is Father Time's only split decision loss. Like, <laughs> I love it. That dude. That dude. Yeah. yeah that's for sure. One person said Grant Dawson versus Drew Dober. Hey, hey, we'll see. In, and in striking, you're crazy. Bro. I'm like, <laughs> in MMA, when I can hump his leg, sure. But... <laughs> When he when we just have hands, I'm good, man. <laughs> that boy can box. All right. Uh, last three minutes, we'll let you guys run. Uh, one UFC. more. One more. Okay. Drew Dober, uh, Dustin Poirier, boxing, Ooh. big gloves. Ooh. I like that. That's a fun. I that's like a fun that. one to watch. That's a fun one. How Poirier Pettis is fun too. I like that too. That's a fun one too. too. All right. Wow, we did it. I, that was a. Uh, <laughs> Question there that you go. There you go, George. There's the next. Yeah, yeah, George. Next two we're cards. doing his job for him for the next right. two, three months. Honestly, so. we should get a check. <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, all right. So Conor McGregor is uh looks like officially back, uh, kinda. So look, look, they're gonna do the tough house. Looks like the recording in May. 
Maybe you guys have any information about that. Maybe not. Um, but he's going to fight Michael Chandler, which is really cool. Uh, just to be honest, when I heard it was him and Tony, I felt, you know, from afar, it's like, hey, Connor, here's one for you. And this one, to me, Michael Chandler, that, that's not for Connor. I think that's a humongous fight. I, I know this is probably a little bit too preemptive. I think Michael Chandler is going to defeat Connor. I think Michael Chandler just, he's he's fighting more guys. He's fighting more recently. He just fought Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje and Charles Oliver. He's been fighting the best guys on this planet. And I think Connor is not who he once was. So I think Chandler gets the job done. That's my two cents. But what's your take on them two being back? Ultimate Fighters back. It looks like it's going to be a really, really big season. I'm hearing there's tremendous talent on that Ultimate Fighter cast as well. That's so right. shout out to those guys for sure. But uh, I, I think it's going to be a very cool uh, next three months. What do you guys think on the whole spectacular of it? I I actually think that is. I think I'm leaning towards Connor winning that fight. I think Chandler oh. has the skill advantage, absolutely. <laughs> but I just I think that he makes he he makes poor decisions in fights. I, I think like if he if he can if he takes down Connor and holds him down, which he's absolutely capable of doing, yeah. I think he could, but he he scrambles too much. He creates room to get up where he doesn't need to. Um and I, I think he's gotten chinny as well. I mean I say that, but then he goes three rounds with Justin Gaethje, so who knows? And Dustin. And Dustin. And he yeah. got submitted by Dustin, not knocked but he, out. Yeah. And then, thank you for saying that. Like I I I heard the same thing. For one if you get hit by Gaethje and Poirier and some, he's literally fought the best guys in the world, even Oliveira, right? And Oliveira was throwing monsters over those last two, three years. He really, like, I've been hearing the chinny thing a little bit. And I kind of like, I'm happy you said that, Grant. I don't think he's chinny. Like, he's going to get hit. I think he's very hit to bull. I don't think he's chinny. I don't think he's Chuck Liddell at the end when he gets hit. He falls and it's over. You know, I, the, him versus Gaethje was an absolute war. Him versus Poirier was a war. And even didn't Oliveira – no, Oliveira was a ground-and-pound TKO. But um, I think he's still there. You know, it, he's got a good yeah, call But you said it yourself is he's hittable. And the he's one hittable. thing that you don't want to be against Conor McGregor is hittable. True. Uh, True. We've, seen him, we've seen guys like Jose Aldo who are very good strikers, very good at playing it safe, very good at not getting hit get hit and go down. Um, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys, though. I don't think this fight happens. Wow. I, I think they do the show. Connor's still not in the USADA testing pool, which means right. the soonest this fight can happen is six months if he did it now. Right. I don't think he's going to – I think he's going to do this show for the next what, – what is it? Two-month show or yeah. – Yeah, like but a, they haven't even – A month and a half. Thing. It's a month and a half long show. Right. I doubt he's going to get into the testing pool while he's – doing the show so it's like i what chandler's just gonna sit out for another six months i don't think the fight happens i i really don't i think that it's gonna be a great season and let me just say how thankful i am that it's michael chandler and not tony ferguson because if it was tony ferguson that would be the worst season of the ultimate fighter who cares what the talent is and i know who everybody is in the house that's going to be a great season. They got a lot of really good guys. In veterans, two great work, work classes, too. Right. Yeah. Veterans and up-and-comers. I know every right. single guy on that card, they're all spectacular. They would have had a really terrible coach and a really insane coach. Now <laughs> they have a really, really good coach that's a little hittable and kind of a bad coach that's going to really sell the uh, – the show. The show and get a lot of eyes on them. I'm telling you, whoever wins this show is going to get a lot of followers. 
yeah. because of yeah. Kong. Yeah. yeah. Great points, man. Great. And we might know who's going to win the show. We might. That's such a good point because I, I, you know, I would assume you guys are like this too. Like when I grew up watching the sport, the Ultimate Fighter was so important, so vital. And then, of course, not even the fighters that were the coaches, but when Michael Bisping won, or of course when Nate won, or whoever won, they became like stars pretty quick. It was like, dude, these guys are someone to watch. Michael Chiesa, he won, and it was just like, it's something that uh, gravitates with them long term. And I agree, like whoever. Not even just the fight of Chandler and Connor, but whoever wins this uh, show in both weight classes, to me, gets a huge ramp, a huge uh, rocket launcher right away. And, you know, who knows? You might create two more stars, including just the two main eventers. And that's uh, that's why I haven't heard that yet, that you don't think this fight's going to happen. Wow. All right. I, I just, I can't see it happening. I, I just, sense. I don't see how it's like, like, I'm seven weeks out from a maybe fight and i'm like okay i really hope this guy takes the the fight i hope this gets set and put on paper because i know that if it doesn't happen within like the next couple of weeks it's probably not going to happen you're talking six more months that's half a year yeah yeah like that that is half a year it, it could be t almost 2024 by the time they fight again yeah like that that's insane yeah yeah no great points and you ready for this one one thing that just kind of popped in my head Maybe you ready for this one? Maybe the UFC has already talked to Tony Ferguson and they want Chandler to do the show, like you said, to probably be a better coach, have a good rivalry. And maybe they have Connor and Tony like as the backup plan. Maybe that's the fight they're going to do in the fall of 2023. And Chandler will get a big fight in the summer of 2023, like he should have. If it's Oliveira or Darush or something happens with Makhlchev, something of that nature, maybe, maybe they, you know. I, I still, the UFC five months ago when there was a Chamayev Diaz and all that stuff, it was just perfect how everything landed with other opponents. The UFC is smart. And let's just say maybe they have some back uh, channels already working for this, maybe. I could I could see them. And and to, for me, if I'm the UFC, the, the fight that I want to do is I want to do Connor versus uh, uh, Ferguson, like you just said. And I want to do Gamrot versus uh, Chandler. Those yeah. are the fights because you you win no matter what. If Chandler loses to Connor, it's kind of like, what do you do with Chandler now? You know, he's a superstar, but is he really? Whereas if you put Chandler versus um, versus uh, Gamrot, no matter who wins that fight, you have a superstar that comes out of it, and right. you have somebody that's like, okay, now let me fight Connor if Chandler wins, or when Gamrot wins, you have somebody that's like, hey, I'm ready for a title shot. I I, I had a goof. With uh, Benil Dariush, I'm back. I'm better than ever. I just beat this dude. Give yep. me somebody that gives me a title shot. And I think that's that's a lot of fights that make sense. And 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 Tony versus uh, Connor. I don't think there's a better matchup for Connor than Tony Ferguson. I, yeah. I really yeah. cannot see in my head a way that Connor loses that fight unless he yeah. wants to lose that fight. Right. Literally, it makes perfect sense too with with rankings and future matchups. Like Connor can do this thing for the next two three years if it's. Ferguson and a returning Diaz, a Masvidal maybe in 2024. He can do these big fights. Chandler still, what is he, fourth or fifth or third in the rankings? Like he's still in the middle of the lightweight rankings. And of course, everything we're hearing too, they're going to fight at welterweight. Like to me, that's like, it doesn't make sense. And you know, whoever wins this fight is going to say, hey, like th their stardom is going to be so freaking big. If they want a title shot at lightweight, 
they're going to get it. Imagine if Michael Chandler defeats Conor McGregor at 170 and then gets Makhlchev at 155. It's just, it's kind of a spit in the face to a lot of UFC lightweight. Yeah. Just throwing that well, out. And I think that, that that division is kind of getting to a point. I think this is part of the reason they're choosing lightweight for the ultimate fighter. I think there's a lot of guys that are still in the rankings who are towards the end, like their expiration date's coming up. You know, yeah. you have Dan Hooker, you have Tony Ferguson, you, even Connor. Connor has fought how many times in the last five years? Like twice. Twice, yeah. yeah twice. And so it's, you have these guys that are just kind of sitting there. And, and even Chandler's even kind of doing it now, too, where like Armin called out Chandler, which makes sense because Chandler, even though he's new to the UFC, like he's old to the MMA world and Armin's trying right. to move up the rankings. Right. And so you have, it makes more sense to have a prospect fight an older guy that's or a vet because then if if the if the prospect loses he needs more time he goes back and he builds and builds and builds if you have two prospects fight each other you lose one either way yeah that's why gamrot versus sarukian didn't make any sense because those were two of the best guys in the division one went backwards and the other one went forward right now like i think it would have been better for chandler versus gamrot and sarukian Mm -hmm. versus dariush that would have made way more sense Exactly. And let's, let's also be honest, as much as we know, right, Gamrot and Sarikian, to the casual or to the common fan, when that was the, I think it was actually the main event, it, it wasn't was. a pleasing main event to the casual. So it's like, they're not even getting the credit they deserve for that victory. If they exactly. defeat a guy like Darush or Chandler or Ferguson, that's immense credit. It's like, whoa, they just beat one of the top five superstars in the UFC. So I, I uh, totally agree. All right, got to let you go. We went for 40 minutes. Always appreciate your guys' time. Last little thing, last little thing. Five days ago, you guys were in Orlando, Florida for PFL Challenger Series. Uh, L doing media, Grant being there as a good husband. Uh, what, what was your just one take on the PFL Challenger Series? It was so cool. Like, I, uh, I really loved seeing another promotion doing something similar to Dana White's Contender Series. I think that, that that's huge for the future of the sport. Like to see to see just one a whole card of just and also that many female featherweights that are all like super athletic and really good and so young in their careers was so cool to see. But like girls with two or three fights, you know, being able to compete for a spot in a major promotion to be able to take like steps toward that without just being thrown into a major promotion, which I think happens so much outside of the UFC. Love saying that. Right. I, I liked it. I think that I would have liked it a lot. Uh, I, I thought that that night was really good. You know, you had uh, you had, you had four fights with, with three finishes. That's that's something you don't see a whole lot with women. So I think that there's a, a – True, true. I think that there, there's a lot coming out of that. I think one thing that I would really like is if next time, like, they do – like 125, you know, they enter in 125, they enter uh, 135, 155, the, these weight classes that I feel need to be in the tournaments that aren't, you know, I, right. I don't think 35 and 25 are in the tournaments. I think they need to be. I think 25, they're planning to do one. Yeah, 25, this is the first year. Uh, they actually have uh, flyweights, female flyweights coming up, I believe in two or three weeks. But yeah, I agree with what you're saying. You're saying you want to develop the PFL <laughs> It's wild that like the PFL doesn't have uh you know middleweights. Like they right. like they don't yeah, exist. It's, and it's, it's like hard. it's it's here's what it is. It's hard to take another promotion seriously as a contender with the UFC when they don't even have the same weight class or all right. the same weight class. Right. It's right. the same with Bellator. Who's the best Bellator 125er? 
We don't know because it's 135, right? Kyoji should be at 125. Uh, Pettis should be at 125. Little Pettis, obviously. Should be at 125. (laughs) But these guys are fighting 35ers. So you're kind of like, are they losing because they're not as good or are they losing because they're not as big? And I think that kind of diminishes uh, – Yeah, Yeah. and and just the the promotion, you know? I think the the biggest weight classes in in Bellator that are like contenders with the UFC – would be 55 and 85, right? Other than that, it, it's kind of... Yeah, no, 35 is good. No, 35 is good. But That's the one, the 35 that, is the one of the tournament right now? Right, that, they're, they're the winner of this one. It's coming up though for the winners. Okay. Yeah, they're, doing, they're doing lightweight now too, which is, I think, great, which is yeah. a great... Oh, yeah, you know, lightweight. That's what it is. That's a, they, they have some... I saw that lineup and, you know, maybe not all eight guys are great and it's hard to get eight you know, top 10, you know, top gear guys, but there's four or five, you know, top 10, top 15 lightweights on this planet. Like they have a really good uh, set. And that's, it's so funny when you guys mentioned that, because that's what I agree with immensely with. I talked to Sean O'Connell and he's like, man, Ray Cooper can fight any welterweight. And I know how you feel about Johnny and Johnny can fight any middleweight. And I agree on both terms. Like I agree. The, the problem with Bellator and PFL, my two cents, and this is a whole nother podcast and this, we'll do another 30 minutes on this. They just don't have the depth of middleweight. Like Johnny doesn't have 14 guys to go through. Like just on, and I talk about you probably too much, Grant, but as you being 14, 15 through 16 on the UFC roster, if you were in Bellator, you're in the, you're in the top three today. Yeah, you're, you're number one or number two, number three today. You're not 15. So I think that's where both of those promotions are lacking. They just don't have the depth in those high-end, uh, you know, rosters like the like the UFC. Yeah, I, I, dude, eighty-five is hard already. But the thing about Johnny, now that you brought him up, the thing about Johnny is is he's beating these guys that yeah. were like Musasi was at the top of the division. He didn't leave the UFC off of a losing streak. He didn't lose or leave the UFC because he was getting old. He left because he knew that he could make more money. All the power to him. Johnny 50-45-10. Like, yeah. easily. Then you have this one Russian dude that's clearly sauced out of his mind, which all the power to him. He's 30 and 2. Yeah, yeah. 30 and 2. And you know he came from Russia. They don't fight losers there. They yeah. fight other Russians. Yeah, yeah. The dude is 30 and, well, he's 30 and 3 now. And Johnny, arguably 50-45 him too. Right, right, right. Suplex him on his head. Suplex him on his head. It was Michelle Montague suplex. I think if Johnny goes up to 205, which he's talked about doing, just kind of like, you know, behind the grill, barbecue talk. He's talked about going to 205. I think if he does that, he wins that belt, which I think he would pretty easily. I think he's one of the greatest. He is the greatest 85er outside of the UFC easily. And I think that he should get a title shot. If he does go over to the UFC, he should get a title shot immediately. And and that's the, that's the debate. I would love this. And like I said, we'll do it a different time for sure. How about Johnny Evelyn's three matchups in the future? Of course, the UFC Israel Adesanya, Alex Piera and Robert Whitaker. Like those are all different, all unique. All you humongous all guys, Johnny beat. <laughs> uh, the toughest matchup there is Robert Whitaker. I agree. I agree. Me too. I, I think him versus Whitaker is like insane. But he him walks, versus he Izzy walks through Pahara. I agree. I, agree I don't that. think he walks through Islam. Or I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Israel. But Israel. I think he wins. I think he wins. It could be 50-45. Because I 
It's so funny. So when I thought about that, I have, and just, I'm going to be brutally honest with you guys. I have him beating Piera. I have him losing to Whitaker and him versus Izzy. I have him actually beating Izzy because one thing I like what Johnny does in the middle of fights, if he's winning stand up or using the jab, he's going to stand up and use the jab. If he's winning wrestling or grappling, he's going to wrestle or grapple. I love his fight IQ in the fights that change. And let's just be honest. I think he would just wrestle Israel Adesanya for 24, 25 minutes. And I think he would like, I think he would beat him. I don't want to say is easy, but I think he would have a good night against Israel Adesanya. I really I agree. All right. There we go. All right. 50 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. Just make it an even hour. No. I know. We, we, yeah. It's awesome. You guys are the absolute best. USC 284 Saturday night. Uh, Islam, Makolchev, Alexander Volkanovsky, Josh Emmett versus Yair Rodriguez. Uh, Wednesday night, uh, Ben and Bananas is back. El Dawson, myself, and Ryan Quinn. We're going to win some money. Uh, you know, talking some shop and, uh, that's it. You guys have, uh, anything else? Uh, tune in on millions this week. There you go. Link Thursday, in my bio. Tune in on millions, uh, buy a t-shirt and, uh, you know, let us know if that, uh, that person accepts that piece of paper from you, Grant. <laughs> I will for sure. You'll be the first to know. <laughs> All right, guys. Be good. Appreciate you. See ya.